0: All right, Steph, I've got a question for you. What's your favorite book of all time?
1: Uh, Obviously, You Met Her Where. Oh,
0: I thought you were going to say the Bible.
1: Oh, oops. <laughs> oh.
0: What's your second favorite book of all time?
1: You Met Her Where?
0: A <laughs> distant <laughs> second.
1: Totally distant. It's a pretty good book. Sorry, God. It's still a
0: pretty, g- pretty good was. book. But we're so excited. Where can people get our book, honey?
1: Okay, I know this uh amazon.com yes barnes noble yes and and our website kevin and what what
0: happens if they buy it off our website (gasps) what do they get
1: uh an autograph from us yes who wouldn't want that
0: so listeners if you've already read the book thank you so much we've had such good feedback one thing that helps us if you can give us a review on amazon.com we would greatly appreciate it thank you so much and thank you for listening Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Tell Us a Good Story. Today is part two of our conversation with Philip Hall, who used to be an enforcer for the Italian Mafia. In this part of our conversation, Philip talks about being a fugitive for four years and how he got out of prison. Just incredible stories. Hope you enjoyed this episode of
1: Tell Us a Good Story, Italian Mafia Edition, part two.
0: Friends, we want to encourage you, wherever you listen to this, please subscribe right now so this content will come to you.
1: If you haven't already, we also want to encourage you to rate or even write a review for us on Apple Podcasts. This would help us out more than you know.
0: And if you enjoy this podcast, would you mind sharing on social media and invite others to be part of our community here? If you tag one of us or our business page, then we can then even repost it.
1: We are so thankful to you for listening and sharing with your friends and family.
0: At some point, Philip, you get knee-deep within organized crime. At what moment is you're so far in
2: that there's no turning back? W- was there any moment like that, Philip? As the world turns, I got deeper into my street life. Uh, there came a point when Big John has to let me go. He he gets me out, and he calls me over to his table one day, and he says, "Um, Hey, uh, sit at my table. And I remember saying, No. He goes, sit at my table, and I said, no. And he goes, why? I goes, because bad things happen to people sit at your table. I ain't sitting at your table. <laughs> so he gets me over there. And I sit at the table, and he brings out this big jar of cash. And he goes, what do you think that is? And I said, that's a lot of money, Mister G. Pretty good. You saving that? And he goes, yeah. Actually, I'm I'm giving it to you. This is all the money you stole from me all those times at the supermarket. This is this is now yours. I'm going to give it back to you, and this buys you release from me. This buys your freedom. And I, wow. I now know that they take an oath in, in organized crime and in the mafia world. If Big John didn't give that money and pay me to be released, he'd have to hurt me or do something mm. critical. They're, and they're very disciplined in this area. So I said, wow, well, well, this is great. He goes, yeah, it's wonderful. Now go get a job. You're fired. that's what are you talking about? This is where I'm, I'm, I'm from. This is where I... No, get out of here. Get yourself a life, you know, and stay away from them warlords and bunch of punks. You know, you got you to gotta ask yourself something. Do I want to be the street or do I want to own the street? When you figure that out, you come give me a call. Fast forward, I couldn't conduct myself in a normal life. I had a problem with authority. Uh, I couldn't put on a suit and drive what I call coffins every day to work and punch a clock and be a normal person. So I called Big John up, and I, I would call him, and I'd beg him, man, there's got to be a place for a guy like me doing what you do. He would say, what do I do? What do I do? I don't know. You tell people what to do, and you, you, you're good at I can do that. And he says, oh, I'm in the restaurant business. There's no place for for that, for you in here. Uh-huh. Well, as it would happen, my mother, my grandmother dies. Um, I had to go to Dallas and—, and as life has it, you know, one I, I get inducted, I take an I take an oath. I get from Dallas to Denver. My car's blown up. Uh, I've uh, there's many things have happened to get to this point. Um, I remember one specific time. Uh, after my grandmother had died, I'm, I'm racing from, from Denver back to Dallas, and I'm on a highway between Raton, New Mexico and Dumas, Texas. And I remember being mad at God, and I pull the car over, and I get out at 1.30 in the morning, and I cuss them. And I just tell them how much I hate them, and I'm sick of Christian people. And if you ever send one my way again, I'm going to hurt them. I'll break everyone I ever see in my life from here on out. I'm done with you. And that was it. 15 years later, I'd have another conversation in that exact place on that exact place on the highway going the other direction on the run from the mob the police myself i i i asked god for help and Mm. then i get arrested after that um i had joined ringling brothers barnum and bailey circus uh i was hit out there by a man named jimmy hoffa jr uh that's another story you got to read the book Uh, I'm and an so artist. you were a
0: fugitive, right? You were a fugitive on the run. You got into the circus, right? Didn't you didn't you hop a train or something and got into the Ringley Brothers?
2: Yeah, I got a phone call. After I had been seeing my mob life, I, I, I started. Uh, I ran a corridor from like Michigan all the way to El Paso and Juarez, Mexico, which means that's where I operated a lot of things out of. I was underneath the small dome family. and. I introduced one of the Gambino uh, members to the Juarez cartel, where I was exchanging drugs for cocaine, and I had set that trade up between the cartel and the Italian mafia. They see. They say that in the mafia, they don't mess with drugs. Um, that's a myth. Uh, all, <laughs> all bad guys mess with drugs. It's money. Um, you're just not supposed to do them, and. I had, let's say, dabbled into my own supply one night. I had been in the mob. I had been running. I had been doing collections and and collecting vigs and uh, collecting debts and bets that weren't paid, um, doing everything I was told to do. I was enforcing the rules of the mafia life, and I never touched the drugs, though I had so much of it. Everything was money and everything was business. I had a bad night one night. Uh, I was married uh, I had a girlfriend. Um, I wasn't a good father. I wasn't a good husband. I wasn't a good brother. Uh, I just, I wasn't a good person. And I decided to get high one night. I met a, another girl, tried some cocaine and I smoked it. And at that time, it, it took my mind and my soul very far away and everybody could see it around me. I went, I went crazy all the things because with that came some paranoia when i used too much and i didn't just have a little bit on me uh, i don't know if you know weights and and stuff but i added eight ounces to a kilo at a time and now i it's mine and i I used a lot of it okay i accumulated a lot of crimes during that time i wasn't going to court wasn't reporting to probation it was all crumbling, and the mob was letting it crumble because I was breaking the rules. I had a, a couple of hits on my left that I found out that were hits for me, and and that didn't stop me. Getting shot didn't bother me. I was so high and drunk, it didn't bother me. It just made me mad. And All of this started to come down on top of me. I got nowhere to run. I get a call says, hey, Ringling Brothers Marlon Bailey Circus is coming to town. You better go down. There's a man I want you to see. He's waiting to meet you. Uh, get on that train and get out of town and disappear. I didn't even know what the circus was. I've never been in no circus. <laughs> what I see on TV or cartoons, I don't know. So I went, and sure as heck, it was a circus. Ringling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey. Uh, I was called the Blue Show. There was a man waiting for me. I got a uniform. Uh, I'm on a train with 350 people. Uh, oh the train's a mile and a quarter long. Uh, it's got all walks of life, Russians, Bulgarians, uh, Hungarians, everybody uh, it's got grades one through twelve. you can learn three, four different languages you've got a church, you got a priest, you got a restaurant, you've got a grocery store. You have no reason to leave that train, so it would hit forty eight cities a year. Every guy on that train that I ran into was running from the law or running from
0: something really
2: so, yeah, it was very that's a whole book in itself, so you have to read that. so I go on the run. Uh, an old, uh, stripper girlfriend of mine I hooked up with, she came out, met me out there. We get married in the circus. You'll have to get the book to read that. <laughs> <laughs> she convinces me, uh, to, 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 get back, go back to Denver. You can, you can get your life straightened out. Uh, we were, there was no cocaine on the train and that was her favorite thing. And I had gotten past my, my use and, and she wanted to go home. And I remember being in uh, Madison Square Gardens on a subway to go to one of the events that Circus was having, and whether it was my face or not, but I saw a wanted sign, and it sent chills. And I was, I ran. Oh no, this is worse than I thought. I I am a fugitive. We got to get out of this, off this ride. So we rent a car and we start making our way to Denver, and that's when I hit that highway. Along the way, um, on the way back, uh, she was really mad at me, arguing with me, um, jonesing, if anybody knows what that word is, craving something, telling me oh, I was a bad guy, this and that. Well, I get it to Dumas, Texas one night. There's a, uh, there's a Dairy Queen there, and I think I'm going to get some ice cream that will calm me down, calm her down. Uh, I don't know. But I ran into a highway patrolman on the way into that, that Dairy Queen about 11 o'clock at night and uh i remember him looking at me and i looked at him and i said like, excuse me sir and he's like oh uh, excuse me and for some reason I'm like, no excuse me i'm having a conversation with this guy i can't believe it anyways he leaves i go back to the car she's screaming did you see the highway patrol And she's pointing at him i'm like shut up don't be pointing he's sitting still in the parking lot so we eat our ice cream He's sitting there, I'm sitting there, and it's like some standoff. Finally, he drives out of the parking lot, and then we leave, and I'm like, great. So I'm going from Dumas to Raton, New Mexico. That was 15 years ago. I was coming the other direction when I cursed God. Right. Well, on the way there, it's 1230, 1 o'clock in the morning. She's screaming and hollering at me, and I'm like, oh, Lord, I wish you could make this go away. So I guess that was a prayer. And uh, the lights behind me come way off and I look and I see him coming fast and I tell her, you know, call my mother. Uh, she goes, why? I go, call my mom. I, I'm, I'm going to jail. Call my mom. She goes, you can't be. And I see the lights coming? That's not a friendly. Call her. Sure enough, car gets behind me, waits a while and the lights go on. She calls my mom. I call my, I talk to her for a few minutes. I ain't talked to her for a while. It's, ma, it's me. I'm in trouble. I'm going the way for a long time. I'll call you later. Click and... The officer pulls this over, and he uh, he comes up to the door, and I have no ID, no nothing, and he says, uh, "Hey, I license registrar. I, I don't have that, and I don't even know why I did this." But uh, I said, "Let me give you my name because I think you guys are looking for me." And he says, "Well, okay, let's start there. It might not be bad." And I said, "Yeah, okay. My name's Philip Hall, uh, Philip Sains, uh, Philip Anthony Smaldone, Try one of them. It's one of those because I had several names at the time. And uh, he goes, well, let's take a look at it and, and see what it is. And he goes and sits in his car. He never came back to my car. Uh, but I start seeing lights coming at me. And then there's more cops. And I, he gets on the uh, the intercom. And he says, hey, driver, you take your left hand, stick it out the door with your right hand, take the keys out of the ignition, throw them in the street, stick your hand out the door. And he walks me through this routine to exit the car and I get face down on the street and I think I, there's was a helicopter coming. There's a lot of oh guns on me. And, uh, that started my tour, uh, what I call tour in jail. That was, uh, I went on the run in, in 2000 and my, I got picked up in 2004 in October there in, in Dumas, Texas. Wow. So, um, I'm in jail uh, I start tour because I call it tour. I had so many cases and trouble that I had done all over the place. Uh, Marshals came and picked me up, and they were taking me in route back to Denver, is where we were going to start. And back then, like now, you can go to court, like we're talking right now, you know, virtual. Yep. Uh, you don't even leave the facility, it's safer. And your cases physically followed you back then, wherever you went. Okay. And, uh, so I had to go to several different court dates. Now,
0: how old were you at this time, Philip, when you, uh, I guess, got arrested after four years on the run?
2: I was 33 when I got arrested. Oh, man. So I've been in and out of organized crime and, and gangs and in the system for probably almost 30 years, 25 years. So they're going to start uh, my trial and I'm going through each case and before the marshal, I do remember this, that marshal, if I could ever find him again, I made his ride with me very hard. Uh, I was mouthy. I was. I, I, I. just, I'm a completely different guy now, and I'm pretty sure he was sick and tired of hearing from me. Everything he tried to talk to you about, reached me with. I cut him off and was cussing him, and so we finally get to Arapahoe County in Colorado, and he's got to take me into this place called Sellyport. It's where you take your, your prisoners. And he goes, I don't know why I'm going to do this, man. The way you've been, the way you've treated me, and I've, I've got your jacket here in front of me. And I'm reading about you. But if something is telling me I got to pray over you. What? And I'm like, what? I'm okay, man. Don't worry about that. He goes, no, I'm not asking you. And he, they pulled the car over. There were two marshals. And he got out and walked around and put his hands on the glass. And, and he said this really great prayer. And uh, throughout my life, people have done that and i didn't know why and that started my tour i was in jail i was going through case to case and uh it's 2000 and uh oh 2004 in october i'm I'm 34 years old and i make it all the way to teller county from my in 2006 so i've knocked out a lot of cases I'm still under investigation for stuff that I don't even know about. Uh, there's uh, there's uh, connections to murder, extortion, fencing, racketeering, arson. Uh, I've got a pile of things that I haven't even hit yet, and I'm still facing 20 to life with the crimes that I have done. So I'm going to prison. Um, my brother, my younger brother, had uh, come to see me when I was in Teller County, and he lived up in Pikes Peak, which is about three or four hours from Denver. So... My, I wasn't near my family and I hadn't seen him for a very long time he did very good with his life he owned a plumbing company very he was he loves the Lord and he had come to know Christ before I did and I'm sitting in jail and uh, I've lost my attorney he passed away died got killed I'm not sure but all the drug money and stuff that I was using was coming through him so now I'm broke so my brother he comes and he sees me for the first time he's hey Phil how you doing I I'm fine. I'm in jail. He goes, yeah, yeah, I know that. Um, so, uh, hey, uh, so, 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 ask me something. So I, I talked to him. You know, <laughs> how's mom doing? How's this? How's that? And he says, okay, okay. Hey, guess what? I got Jesus Christ in my life. I'm like, God, oh, that's, that's great. Good for you. He says, well, no, I got to tell you about him. I got to tell you. If you just get him in your life, man, he can do some great things. And 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 he's just so I could see this fervor and this newfound joy he had but i wasn't there and before he left that time he said you know um i'd like to pray over you and i said well okay what do you want me to do um what are we supposed to do here <laughs> he goes, no man just just put your head on the glass and i had did, and, and, and he said some beautiful words i go back to my pod in my cell and i got some some gangster cred in jail I have, there's 50 guys in my pod, but I have, everybody has their one bunk or a mat on the floor. I have two beds up against one wall. They're all mine. I get extra lunches. I I delegate who's going to mop, who's going to sweep all the rules in the house. Whoa. So I'm, I'm holding good ground in, in jail, if you could call that. And, um, I start having some, some dreams, and I don't know if you ever get a chance to visit a jail or incarcerated, you've got to look in the mirror. You've got, you, you've got four walls. You can't escape. You can't get high. You can't get out. You've got to face the music. you got to take your medicine. And if you ever get a chance to visit, you'll look at the mirrors. And the mirrors are all scratched up in almost every jail you go see. That's because people can't stand to see what they've become. And we literally mm-hmm. scratch the mirrors. So there's things like that in there where you can think people are going crazy. No, they're not. They're just waking up. Mm. And um, I saw the little prayer groups that would happen in there, and I didn't pay too much attention. I actually made fun of them. Uh, They would get there, and I'd call it jailhouse religion. You know, They'd pray, and they'd be all the great things they were going to do when they got out. I'm a better daddy, better husband. I'm not going to do this no more or that no more. And I would make fun of them. And little Joey's getting out today. Oh, all right, Joey, hey, don't worry about it. Jesus will be here when you get back, man. And shame on me for that. But it didn't matter how many times they came back. They were doing something I wasn't. And at least they were turning to Jesus. And I, I just, I mocked them. My brother came to see me a second time. Starts off, hey, feel like start off the prayer. Oh, okay, whatever. And he, and he talks about his family And what God's doing in his life And if you could just have you, have you read about him, man? Have you got a Bible? No, I haven't got a Bible I'm not It's great you've got him Okay, I'm glad for you How's Mom doing? How's, how's everybody else? How's your kids? Okay, okay So he closes with the prayer I go back to my pod In this one particular time uh, I'm starting to have these nightmares And I don't know where they're coming from I'm seeing this bloody, bloody face This image and he's asking me, why are you, you doing this to me? Why why did you do this to me? Why do you keep hurting me? And I'm like, man, I don't know where this is coming from. And, and I can't sleep. And I, this guy, I remember Zoltan, he used to run his, he'd do private Bible study by himself in the morning, 30, 4 o'clock before chow time. And this one time he I heard him praying and I woke up and I said, hey, Z, man, stop that. I, I don't preach to you. Don't preach to me. He says, I, I didn't say nothing. Little Anthony, I, I didn't, man. I'm, I'm asleep. I'm lying myself. I said, no, you didn't. You're lying. You, you're reading that book out loud, and you, you're praying to me, and I don't I don't dig it, man. And I tried to go to sleep. But I said, keep it up. and watch what happens to you. And I'm covering my head, and he just got louder. And he starts reciting something now I know is the Beatitudes, and, he, and the one that stuck out in my, my my head was, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. He keeps saying that. When my mama passed away, one of the things on her deathbed, I asked her, What, is the, what does that mean, Ma? And she was like, That verse you gave me. And she says, Well, that's your, your ID card. Jesus knows you by your heart. When you get to heaven, that's how he's going to know you. And my little Philip has a good heart. I know he does. Promise me you'll find Jesus. Jesus. Promise me you'll search him out Promise me you'll leave the gangs And I just promised her because That's what she wanted to hear right. But I also cussed Jesus because Why can't he fix you now And she was dialysis or her, her her kidneys were failing Her arteries were failing But she was my rock and she was leaving me And here it is, I'm hearing this From, you know, blessed of the pure in heart All over again And she I remember her telling me on her deathbed Someday Someday my little Philip's gonna tell the whole world what Jesus did for him, and I said, yeah, "Okay, Ma." <laughs> little does she know, um, that's twenty some years ago. Now you know it was three, uh, she passed away at uh, three twenty-three uh, p.m. December second. I watched her flatline, but I mm. knew she where she was headed. And here I am facing trial, and I'm having these nightmares. And this guy's repeating that verse. And I jump out of bed. I grab his Bible, and I start tearing it. And I'm throwing it, and I'm kicking it. And I said, come on, and I'm going after him. I told you to stop. And the sheriffs run in. They break it up. And and I remember Sheriff Tom said, Barry, he he pulls me aside and says, hey, uh, Philip, man, you're you're losing it in here, and it doesn't look good for the other guys. What's going on with you? You've been nightmares. you're talking in your sleep. I said, man, I don't know. These guys are praying over me. They're doing some kind of thing on me. I don't know. He said, nobody's doing nothing to you. I said, you just heard Z. He was, he was reading that Bible out loud. He goes, no, he wasn't. I don't know what you're feeling, but he wasn't. And they took me to the eagle's nest, and you're under surveillance there. And I look like a, a maniac. I'm talking to people that aren't there, and I'm cursing God. And uh, he says, you got to get it straight, man. You can't lose. You know you can't be loose in here. I said, yeah, okay. My brother comes to see me the last time. The third time he says, I want to open up with some prayer. And I said, no, no more prayer, man. That ain't going to happen out here. Not today. Um, I don't want you praying for me no more. And he said, why? What's going on? And I said, man, I, I don't want you praying for me. Um, I don't know what kind of voodoo you put on me, man, but I, I'm going nuts in here. Uh, I don't want that. And he goes, man, I'll never stop praying for you. And I said, no, you will stop because if you don't, I'm going to disown you as my brother and I don't want you visiting me ever again. He said, wow, it's really that bad? I said, yeah, it's that bad, bro. I don't know what's going on. And He goes, but Phil, you're my older brother. If you just get Jesus in your life, imagine you've got two boys you don't know. You could fix your family. You could fix us, my brother, you know, our other brothers and sisters. You can lead us, man. If you just get him in your life, I said, man, I don't want him there. Okay. I don't want him there. So it stops. Or I promise you. He said, okay. I could see it bothered him really bad. He said, you know what? Let's make a deal. Let's say you don't do 20 years or life in prison. Heck, let's say you don't do 15. I'm going to go better than that and challenge you. Let's say you don't do 10. Let's say a miracle happens. Will you do me one thing? Will you go to church with me and meet my pastor, Brian Cedarwall? You meet him just one day with me. That's all I ask if that happens. I said, that's all I got to do, man? And he goes, yeah. I said, okay, you're on, pal, because I got news for you. The judge I'm about to go in front of and the prosecutor, they're much bigger than your Jesus. Okay? This is reality. I'm glad you Mm -hmm. got the T-shirt, but I'm not there. This is real. Um. And you know what? If I live 20 years, I'll still go to church with you when I get out. You got a deal. So I knuckled the glass, and he knuckled it. And I remember him walking away, and before he stopped, he turned around. He said, man, (laughs) I'm going to prove to you Jesus is real. And um, I had court uh, coming up, and I've got this little public defender. I mean, she's short, like four feet. I'm her first case. I'm like, I'm going to prison for sure.
0: (laughs) (laughs) First case ever.
2: Yeah. And uh, she gets up there and I'm like really vulgar. I'm vulgar. I'm belligerent. And I'm like, look, lady, I'm not here to hear what you got to say. Tell the judge I'm ready to go to prison. I'm guilty, whatever. She goes, no, we're not going to do that. Um, We're actually going to have your case uh, continued. I said, no, we're not. I'm going. I'm ready for prison right now. I have to get myself mentally prepared, you know, to spend the rest of my life there. I'm either going to get killed on the street or I'm going to get killed in here. And in here I got a good chance of seeing it coming. And she goes, "Okay. Um, no, we're going to have it continued." And I go, "Look, lady, if I'm going to prison, let's get me there." And the judge said, "Excuse me, Mr. Hall, what did you say?" I said, "Your honor, man, if I'm going to prison, let's go." And I guess you never had that request, but he said, I think you should sit down, shut up and listen to your attorney. Okay, whatever, man. And I sit and, and she goes, by the way, my name is not Lady. I have a name. And she said, we're getting this continued. I'm like, okay. And I wasn't paying attention. Why are we getting this continued? And she said, your case hasn't arrived yet. And he gets 30 more days to locate your case, basically. Um, okay, so I, whatever. I go back to, to jail. I get some paperwork while I'm in jail. My brother hasn't come to see me. My attorney hasn't come to see me. My 30 days is coming pretty close. Nobody's talked to me. And I get my uh, I get some paperwork, and it says with a little sticky note, I heard you say you want to get to jail. Well, if you just sign the stuff below, I'll make sure you get there. So I signed it. Good. I'm gone. I'm on my way. Sheriff's department came to pick me up, and I even argued with them, and they were taking me to the courthouse. I said, no, I'm I'm going to go to prison, man. I got I already signed everything. They said, no, you're going to see the judge, man. You ain't going to prison yet. Oh, And they had to wrestle me off the bus. I did not want to go to court. I want to go to prison. And they get me in court. My little attorney's there, and she goes, you know, I'm really mad at you. And he said, you know what? I don't care. (laughs) I ain't seen you. You don't know what I'm doing. You don't know. She goes, no, what are you doing signing papers without me? That may be my first case, but I still represent you. And why do you keep getting in the way? You know, I go, I haven't seen you. And she goes, you don't have to see me. The man upstairs is looking out over you. He sees you. You don't have to see me. I'm really praying for you. And I don't know why, because you're so frustrating. And she lost me at, you what now? You're another one that's praying over me you prayer people, and you see, um uh, this is my day in court. I've got two sons. My oldest son uh, graduated high school in jail. He's doing very well now. My youngest son, I gave him away at one years old and his mother. and I just met him last year for the first time he's twenty seven twenty six twenty seven years old now. Mm. I haven't been a good person. Uh, I've been shot three different times, a uh, shotgun in my leg, in my stomach, and in my, in my shoulder. Uh, I got a, a plate in my head, you know, I've been cracked with a crowbar, and all these were hits. I've been running this chaotic life, and that miracle that my brother prayed for was just about to happen. She, I asked, what's next? And she goes, sit down and shut up and watch What's next? And uh, the judge, I remember saying, Mr. Hall, stand up. He looks at the prosecutor and he says, "Uh, would you please present your evidence in Mr. Hall's case? He says, I don't have it. We've lost it. And I go, what's that mean? She goes, be quiet. And he goes, by the way, I want to talk to you about how you handled this, this deal. And he looks at me. And he says, what's your motion? He looks at my attorney she says, Your Honor, Honor, I, I want to approach the bench. And they go up and talk. And I hear him request, I'd like to request a mistrial. And she says, no, no mistrial. I'm asking you that you dismiss all charges against Mr. Hall because his evidence is not here. And today is his day in court. And if there's nothing here, there's no case. And... She said they parted, and she went back. And he said, "Mr. All, um, against my better judgment, I have to let you go today." And I said, I- "I'm not doing twenty years." And uh, I like that little attorney now. <laughs> I wish, I, <laughs> I wish her well. Um, but I got to go home that day, and uh, it took a month to get me back into the Denver system. And my brother lived in. Four hours away, and they let me out. They make it miserable to the last second. They let me out uh, January, uh, I believe it was 16th, and uh, with a bus token uh, and a check I can't cash at 11.59 p.m. So I get on this bus. It's snowing in Denver. I'm in sweats and a t-shirt because I got arrested a few years back in Texas. And uh, I take a bus to my mother's house. While she was not home, they were in another city, another state. And my brother answered that door at one in the morning. And he he lived hours away. And uh, I was like, hey, I'm out. And he goes, are you supposed to be? (laughs) 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 And uh, in the morning, uh, we talked all night. And and, uh, I asked him, hey, bro, you got a church you're going to? And he goes, yeah, there's Pastor Brian. And I said, you want to go? And I said, no, not really. (laughs) But um. Something's happening here, and and I got to know who your Jesus is, man. I got to know what's going on. And I didn't jump right into it. Uh, I got out in January. I took a blood oath in May of 1991, May 11th, 1991, where I gave my soul. I sold it out. And it was a day after my son was born, my oldest. And on May 11th, 2007, I gave my life to Christ. Um, Mm. and uh yeah pastor brian cedar wall out of denver and on september 2nd uh 2007 i was baptized in the south platte river and if you go to my website you can go on and uh, or my youtube and look up philip anthony sings hall baptism somebody recorded it and uh it was really awesome Um, so that's it that's just where i'm at now and god's opened up some amazing doors i it took a long time for me to get out and share my testimony. I didn't know how to tell people I, I was where I came from or what I did. Um, but he's opened some great doors. And I remember speaking at, uh if you ever heard of Lakewood Church, Joel Osteen's church. Yeah. And in jail, I used to make fun of him. <laughs> now I'm sitting in front of the guy. <laughs> that was a great opportunity. And, and now I'm even blessed bigger to be on uh, 104.3 joy fm here in in the small little town And my good friend and pastor tim lowry has really helped me get my testimony out there that's when this ministry i uh, just born a little less than a year ago and stationed the opportunity to be here and reach so many people's And great, and thank you, guys. I mean, I get to. So, where you guys at over in Ohio, Ohio, Columbus, Ohio? Yes. I might be. I think I'm supposed to be in Dayton. Have we talked about not not too long from now? Yes.
0: Well, when you come, give us yes. Let us know because we're going to come meet you.
1: Absolutely.
0: And I well, first off, Philip, phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal, and I can only imagine the weight that was lifted off of you, right? When you gave your heart to Christ, when you got baptized, right? And you became that like the Bible talks about becoming a new creation.
1: Yes. Right?
0: I can't imagine the experience you went through, right? And and when you're speaking, I was just amazed the passion that you have. You cannot go anywhere without talking about Jesus. Oh. Right? You have been completely transformed your life from making fun of Joe Osteen to making fun of your brother to not wanting anything to do with Christ to now you
2: can't go anywhere without even, without talking about Christ. I, it's I just, ran f- that's amazing. I ran from him my whole life. You know, there was the one thing missing and I ran from him and, and I run to him and I've never cried so much since I accepted Christ. I, I cause, cause I knew and, and I suggest that to anybody. It wasn't just a couple words I had to say, I got to know who this guy is. You know, I'm going to give my life. to him. I want to know what he's changed my brother. I want to know what he's done to, that, that people love so much. He's worked miracles in my life. I mean, we were dead, dead broke coming out. And it's not like the people see in the – it's all a facade, the movies that they blow up gangster life. That's not – it's evil. It destroys your families. It destroys your life, and then it kills you at the end. It's all bad. There's nothing flamboyant or great about that life. There's no brotherhood. There's no, it's all a lie. And now that I know and I have this Christ, I love talking with some people who are lost and say, you know, not many of you can probably relate to me, but there are a few can, but I can relate to you. I know what suicide is. You know, I attempted suicide. I slipped my wrist when the, when the cops are coming, the feds are coming, the mobs after me. All the things I've done to escape and run from him. And now to know, man, it took me a while to get here, <laughs> but I'm here. And, and oh, only, God. only God. Only
0: God, Philip. Only by the grace of God are you alive and sitting there in that room right now on the other end of this phone call.
1: Mm, That's amazing.
0: Incredible. Well, listeners, for more information about Philip, you can go to his website at com. We will put this in the show notes.
1: Absolutely. If you
0: want to connect with him, you can get on Facebook at Philip Sains Hall, and we will put that in the show notes as well. And And I'm
1: going to buy, I am totally buying your book, From the Bullet to the Bible. It is the next book I read.
0: As soon as we get off this phone we call, are I know placing what we're doing. Order. Absolutely, Absolutely. Yeah. on his website.
1: I'm so excited about this.
0: Yes. Well, Philip, again, we are honored yes. to have you on our podcast, and thank you so much for saying yes to us. Sir. Thank
1: you,
2: sir. Oh, thank you guys for re- reaching out, and, and I hope the show reaches a lot of people, and hopefully, I can come back and visit you and give you an update. And a shout out to to 104.3 here. Uh, and you mind if I, I got to tell, please?
0: Please do. Please.
2: At 1043joyfm.com. Online, you can hear us live every Wednesday, 4 o'clock Central, for one hour. We read a chapter of the book. We take in calls. And I've been having a lot of police officers and law officials as guests. And I couldn't believe how many Christian cops are out there. And the guys that are in prison, That if anybody's listening, they don't wake up every day saying, am I going to incarcerate? They wake up, the majority of them saying, Lord, help me not get somebody arrested, but help me help somebody. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know any of that. Now I'm working with them and I'm seeing all of that. So there's so much work to do. Yes. So thank you, well, guys. Thank you again, Philip.
1: Thank you, Philip.
0: Hello, friends. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to support this podcast, please go to Apple Podcast. You can rate and review this episode. Also, for those who have asked us how to financially support, you can go to kevinandsteph.com and order one of our books of You Met Her Where. Thank you so much for listening to
1: Tell Us a Good Story.